moving right along, listeners. This is Ryan Rowe, one of your hosts, and I just wanted to let you know that this week, in addition to the regular episode that you're about to hear, we have a very special super bonus episode. We've arrived at the scene in The Muppets Take Manhattan that introduced the Muppet Babies to the world, so we thought it would be cool to talk to Michael Frith, the longtime creative director of The Jim Henson Company, who uh, designed many, many uh, beloved fan favorite things and characters for uh, the Muppets, including the Muppet Babies themselves. So that's what we did. We talked to Michael Frith and we ended up with so much great stuff that we did a whole uh, super bonus episode of it. So you can find that either above or below this episode in your podcast player feed. And of course, as always, you can also find it on the website at toughpigs.com. And you should listen to it because it is good. So without further ado now, Let's continue with this, our regular episode, starting with that opening theme music. Hello, Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppets take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And this week we have an extremely special return guest. He knows a whole lot about the Muppets and Jim Henson, and we always like talking to him. Guest, please tell us who you are. Hi, it's your favorite guest host, Brian J. Jones. Yes. And who's, actually, who's actually not your favorite guest host, but is very happy to be You here. know, somebody out there, you're, you're definitely their favorite. <laughs> uh, and I assume everyone listening to a Muppet movie podcast knows, but in case you don't, uh, Brian is the author of Jim Henson, The Biography, and we're very happy to have you. And today we are talking about minutes 53 and 54 of The Muppets Take Manhattan, in which Baby Piggy sings I'm Gonna Always Love You, backed by her Muppet Baby Pals. So uh, we do jump right in with uh, Baby Piggy singing this song. I think rather than going sort of play by play, we can kind of jump around and talk about the the different aspects of this number that we like, if that works. Yes, because babies do not follow linear progression. They do whatever (laughs) they want. That's true. Yeah, the the whole world is just this overwhelming thing to them. And this, this musical number is an overwhelming thing to us. Um, <laughs> well, this is actually the last scene from the movie The Muppets Take Benjamin Button, so they actually get <laughs> backwards. On this uh, so, uh, this song, I'm Gonna Always Love You, like the other songs in this movie, it was written by Jeff Moss. This, I think, is probably my favorite song in the movie. Together Again is pretty good, but I think this would be on the top of my list. No, I mean, I've been singing Mama, da, da, boop, boop, chihuahua all day. Yeah, so... <laughs> Like it just it 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 earworms you. It's such a great song. Right. Well, well, I was say, telling Ryan, my my two and a half year old son Miles thinks that's the name of this song. He'll just <laughs> he'll just like ask for it. He'll just be like, I'm about to hear Mama Dada Boop Boop Chihuahua. <laughs> I yeah. can see why. You know, absolutely. So. Uh, it, yeah, it's so catchy. The whole thing. Um, we should mention that uh, sharp-eared Muppet fans have noticed that Jeff Moss engaged in a little bit of self plagiarism here. 
There's a song from Sesame Street, I guess from the 70s, called With Every Beat of My Heart by the band uh, Little Jerry and the Monotones, ah. which is extremely similar to this one. And I it's- know, like, you know, there's the, the rock and roll chords, so a lot of rock and roll, like old old sounding rock and roll songs like this one kind of sound the same, but they are very, very close to <laughs> each other. They're They're very similar. And actually, I think I've mentioned before, because it has some movie songs, when my wife Roz and I first started dating, we had, uh, or I burned a CD for her of Muppet Love Songs. Uh, and <laughs> and it had both of these. It had good It's, a, it's like, a longer list than people would think. It right, is. right. Yeah, it had, like, it had like 38 songs on it. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I put Gonna Always Love You and With Every Beat of My Heart both on there. And I made sure to put them very far apart. Oh, so okay. that like it wouldn't get repetitive. It might have been funny to put them one right after the other. Put it after the other, and she would have just been like, "Ugh, to, uh, why did you do this twice?" Um, <laughs> but be- before we move on, I do want to say that with every beat of my heart has Jerry Nelson singing lead falsetto, yeah. and and it has this amazing opening where he says. You know your heart beats pumping blood to all the parts of your body. I know that my heart beats too, and that my heart is beating for you. And then the crowd goes bonkers because they love it. Yeah, I, I love the uh, the whole the whole culture of Little Jerry and the Monotones. They they're the biggest <laughs> band in the world. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, maybe I'll put in a clip of that song and the song uh, when I when I post this episode. <laughs> I don't know if it's the right time to bring this up, but did either of you go and watch the music video for this that was shown on Phil Donahue? Or yeah. Mike Douglas? Uh, really fun. Yeah, I yeah. Was, I think it was Merv Griffin, actually. Merv I think Griffin, there were, that's right. I think there were right. there were three choices, and you guessed the I guess two, two of, that two it wasn't. Three. Yeah. Dick Cabot would probably be the other one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the music video is very cool. I actually d- don't have my notes for, for that, because um, I figured I might save those for, for next week. But yeah, it, it is very cool, and just fun to see the Muppets sort of embrace like the MTV style. Well, and Jim clearly loving the CGI, you know, smash cuts between scenes. Like he's got the fly-ins and like, right. Just yeah. Loving that tech, like always there. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that kind of stuff a lot when we are tempted to say, like, I don't know, anytime there's like a computer animated, uh, production by the Jim Henson company or whatever. And people are like, oh, why aren't there puppets in this thing? Jim Henson never would have wanted to to do a, a thing without puppets in it. But he he sure loved those computer effects in the 80s. Yeah, intended to just use them on, you know, like in, I always say in Labyrinth, it's so funny, he like, you know, blows it early. Like he's like, let's just put it in the opening credits and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, he does it again yeah. on Jim Henson hour. Eh, just put it in the opening credits. We'll just spend all the computer CGI budget right there. Yeah, right? Although, although Jim Henson hour, they had Waldo show up. That's true. You know, That's every true. once in a yeah. while, to, to just be like, let's talk about our favorite topic, ratings. Viewers <laughs> right. love to hear about ratings that's numbers. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. It's, like, it's like Star Wars learning about, let's, let's debate tax and trade law. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, it's true. W- Waldo is the, uh, is the galactic... Newt Gunray. He's the Newt Gunray of, of Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I wish I had said that. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, there it is. Exactly. Thank we, you. It, it was a collaboration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the lyrics of this song are, are delightful. Um, it's this is Baby Piggy's uh, idea of what constitutes all, big achievements that she wants to do in her <laughs> life, and, and they're all over the place. She wants to be a movie star. You know that that's a very difficult thing to achieve. She wants to learn to drive a car. That's not quite so difficult. A lot of people Ex- do that. Except gonna... we've seen Piggy be a movie star three times now, and we've never seen her drive a car. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, we, and so we've we don't... Ne- we've never seen her be a veterinarian either. Well, that's we've seen her be a nurse in a veterinarian hospital. Veterinarian's hospital. That's correct. Yeah. yeah, where they have animals as patients. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I guess. Have we ever seen Miss Piggy drive a car? Maybe not. Maybe she never learned. I don't no, know. Motor- motorcycle. That's probably the closest. That's, that's true. true. She can drive yeah. a motorcycle in a different yeah. in a different universe, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot of the, the the rhymes are great, and then just the timing of it, and the, the like the the way she contrasts the different uh, items on her list. She wants to be the cutest model you ever saw. Then she's going to study criminal law, and then she's going to learn to scuba dive too. And she's going to always love you. Do you guys have any favorite lyrics? Um, I I mean, I've always been partial to. I'm going to climb the Matterhorn, but only after all our children are born. Our children are born. Yeah. Because, because like, shouldn't that line be only like before all our children are born? <laughs> because like, she's like, I'll have some babies. And then like, the I, will le- I will leave them at home to go climb a mountain. <laughs> you know, that's, that's true. I had not thought of it that way. I guess she wants to get all the, the kids out of the way. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, she's a baby, so right. what do we want from her? <laughs> right, but it's also a great image of, like, Piggy being a mountain climber and then being like, well, now that I've got motherhood out of the way, I guess yeah. I better go climb a mountain. Right, yeah. Uh, and it occurs to me this might be, up to this point, like, the most sort of empowering uh, moment of feminism for Piggy because, you know, it, she's not – she doesn't think twice. She she truly believes that she can do all of these things. She can do anything and everything she wants to. And some of these are fields that in the past were traditionally dominated by men, but she doesn't care. She's not only is she a woman, she's a baby and she's just going to do all this stuff. <laughs> do it all. Plus the other thing I love in this is I love seeing Rolf, even though he's a baby, absolutely wailing on the piano. Like you don't well, see Rolf rock out quite like that enough. Right. Well, actually like I've been watching the Muppet show on Disney plus lately again. And Rolf's piano playing is always so meticulous. Like they they take pains to make sure that he's playing the right keys at the right time. You know, Steve Whitmire said they were very proud of that. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Piano playing, yes. Yeah, and here they just—he's a baby, so they don't worry about it. He's just—he's just—he just. you just pawn away at that piano like it's He's, like it's a chocolate cake, you know. Like, <laughs> I love that again. I love that because, like you were saying, like usually Rolf is very meticulous, and and here he's just wailing. Right. Yeah, he's just banging away. Just great, like a baby would on a toy piano. Exactly. He gets a pretty good sound out of it, though. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else about the the song as a whole or the the lyrics before we move on to some other elements of this number? Um, I I do love the way that Piggy snuggles up to Kermit when she says, "Practice neurosurgery on your brain." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like that's the most romantic thing she can do for him, or something. You know, I don't know. Right. It's really cute. I'm just a big fan, again, of the Mama 
Papa shoot like with him laying on the ground <laughs> doing the you know the call and resp- it's not call and respond but I that's my it's always my favorite part of it. yeah yeah it's very catchy well that's so that that brings me to the next thing that I had which is just the puppets and the puppetry in the scene which is really you know it all goes by so fast but there's some really impressive stuff happening here like um well especially when you know how hard that scene was to film uh, right um and and that it's it's a real it's a real game of hiding in a lot of it like you know i mean i think it was frank Oz who said that, that you know you had the camera in the exact right spot because if you were half an inch either way you were going to see the hole in the floor or you were going to see you know too much of the, the bottom part of the puppet like it was it was very much sure, yeah, about, about hiding correct because there's so much like moving their little limbs around and stuff. Yeah. With- and, and apparently, I mean, they're like yeah. this big, you know, they're right here. It's not, you know, you can't bring it down. There's not a sleeve to bring it down. It's, it's a glove. If, you, if, sure, if yeah. they're a sleeve, it's a glove. If that makes so sense. It was, huh. yeah, I guess it was, I guess it was even physically tough to just like get your hand up through the hole and, and do the job. Um, it, you know, that's, that's what's always so great about the Muppets is it's, you know, it looks seamless and easy and it's actually Always. really hard i think it, i think it was jerry julie said if who said if it's if or it's oz i think it said if you're not uh sore you're doing right. it wrong uh <laughs> yeah and we see the floor of the nursery a lot here which is not normally the case with yeah. muppets where usually and i think you've probably got a little bit of animatronic when you've got the crawling muppets so I yeah i was wondering about on. the crawling because they like i feel like we'd be able to see any holes yeah i was looking so yeah, they, pretty, they must I, I I would, bet be that's, I would bet that's a you know baby alive <laughs> type movement. Yeah, right. Although, right are they yeah. singing at that point? Are they moving their mouths? Well, they they aren't they crawling up and saying like, "Hello, yeah. hi, Kermit." So then that Isn't would that have that? to be yeah. a, an additional mechanism. So yeah, I'm sure there were several puppeteers working on this. Yeah, uh, and then Kermit riding the rocking horse. Uh, that's yeah, that's ah, just a lot right. of uh, adorable energy in the background while Piggy is singing, and then he falls yeah. over backwards, which is even cuter. Yeah, and how did they do that? Is that is that some sort of like the 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 um, rocking horse is just pulled over like well, by again, a stream I mean, from off screen I mean, or something? I mean, notice that in that in that take, I mean, in that segment, you can see it rocking in the background. It's hidden for most for the most part. So it's like whatever they needed to do, it was, it was probably something that they had to cover up because you don't see a whole lot of that in that take. He's I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. and it goes well, over. Huh. It's probably yeah, so yeah, I actually right, right. Were, huh. um, behind Rolf. So, uh, so it's, it's a lot of, I think it's, again, it's, 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 hi- it's hiding in the right spot. Yeah. Um, I found an article from the Associated Press on July 12th, 1984, uh, where the reporter was on the set when they were shooting this. Uh, it said, uh, so it, it says first Frank Oz shouted action in his own voice, which sounds like Fozzie bear. Then he provided the falsetto tones <laughs> of Miss Piggy while a puppeteer wiggled the starlet snout and a stagehand wobbled her legs from underneath the set, which implies that Frank is like throwing the voice while two other puppeteers are actually manipulating the piggy puppet. And when Frank is directing, uh, then it says, Henson lay on the nursery floor, moving Kermit on a miniature rocking horse while he nodded Ralph's furry head by remote control. But he couldn't work the canine's paws on the toy piano, so another puppeteer, Steve Whitmire, stood underneath the set and ran his own hands across the keys. It took dozens of hands and feet. So we still have Steve, still have Steve right-handing. Yeah, it's great. He's still Ralph's hands. Uh, pushing buttons and cranking levers so a pig could sing a love song to a frog. Oz and Henson worked hard to keep technology from overwhelming whimsy. Which is a nice way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And see, so there, so there you go. I mean, that's that's the magic and and the thought 
that goes into the Muppets because there's a lot of tech going on in this uh, that you don't even realize is there. And then second of all, with all of it there, it's yeah. hidden really well. Yeah. So I guess yeah. just like rods from underneath on the the rocking horse. It would make sense. Yeah. I mean, if you if you look at about uh, 18 seconds, I think you can see it fall yeah. over backwards, and I would bet it's hinged right there on the floor uh, because they don't move it from oh, behind. That. You see it go down, and it, Rolf is in front of it. Yeah, I bet that's it. Yeah. So yeah, that stuff is all. You know, these guys are so good at their jobs. Uh, I also like uh, the well. First, I like that the performers are all doing these high pitched baby voices, like baby versions of their familiar character voices. Uh, my God, when Jim sings "Current Going to Be a Movie," so, like that makes me <laughs> laugh out loud. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm partial to to Gonzo to to Dave Goals's baby yeah. Gonzo. <laughs> yeah. And Which... it, and it doesn't it doesn't happen in the span that we're watching, but I. I remember when I was watching this song again earlier and they're getting to the end. I'm like, there is no way Oz is going to hit that last note. <laughs> I'll be damned if he doesn't nail it. But yeah. Boy, and not even in his usual piggy voice, but in a baby piggy voice, which is even right. higher. Yeah. And then, and then you have Scooter right, who is yeah. already like a youthful version of Richard Hunt's voice. So he just goes, uh, he just kind of goes falsetto with it himself. Um, and then I, the second time, I think it's the second time they do the mama, da, da, boop, boop, shawawa. Uh, there's this moment where Ralph is like bouncing up and down and then he flips all the way over and kind of lands on his head. Yes. Yeah. So Ralph must be a marionette there, right? Like his legs are like hanging, hanging loose below him. Like, I don't don't know. It feels like he must. I I guess I always. No, I, I, I think that he's, I I think he's controlled. There's a hand going through the headboard. Oh, yeah. This way, sense, yeah. and then they flip it. And then they flip it all around. And yeah. the, the hand could be at too. a sort of an angle already, so when it's time to flip it, it's still... Like, the, the puppeteer could do that without breaking his arm. Yeah. But yeah, it looks yeah. really great. Yeah, so again, like as we've been saying, it's all about hiding. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. A great yeah. job. Well, and we didn't talk about um, all the, the sequence where they're all riding different vehicles around the nursery. Yes, I love that. Which is really impressive to me. Um, I mean, especially Kermit is riding his little tricycle. Yeah. Which that must be like a reference to the Muppet movie, right? Oh. Like, everyone's in different vehicles and Kermit is specifically riding a baby bicycle. Yeah, right? I bet you're right. Like famous which he famous wipes out on. Which he wipes out on. And I actually I love how long he hangs out after he crashes. Like he cuts back <laughs> to him and he's still just like in that same position, like <laughs> toppled over on to, the floor. He's gotta finish the chorus, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then Gonzo goes by on the plane, right? Yeah, Gonzo on a plane. Which we looks like, pu- I don't think that puppet is really moving much. That might just be the puppet with nobody's... The arm, yeah, the arms are going a little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. But we got Fozzie and Scooter on a fire truck. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't think either of them are moving too much either, but it looks cool. Yeah. And then Rolf driving yeah, Rolf's a train. Head's, yeah, Rolf's head's kind of going back and forth. So, yeah, that one's that's fairly easy to do. Because, yeah, those are clearly just remote control. There's no... Right, right. Yeah, yeah. They they all just feel so alive and full of energy, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So a a few other details. Um, I like that their costumes are all pretty much the same as what they ended up wearing on the Muppet Babies cartoon. I love Kermit in the sailor suit for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like the frog, the frog's in the water, so he's got to have the sailor suit. I guess. I guess guess that's that's what it is. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Even though, and he's still wearing like a little. On the new on Muppet Babies twenty eighteen, it's not quite a sailor suit, but it's like a polo shirt with like what that same white and blue, you know. So huh. they still. Now, I, do love, they, I do love. I do love Rolf with the big bird doll too. 
Yeah, which, yeah. which, which like broke my brain as a child because it's like because <laughs> it's like in the Muppet movie, you know, Big Bird is on his way to New York to break into public television, right? So in this one, when they're babies, Rolf already has a Big Bird. <laughs> and I then blew, think about that. And then blew my mind when I was a kid. We're ruining continuity. Big Bird shows up at Carmen and Piggy's wedding at the end. Right? Big Bird's at the wedding. Yeah, that's true. So, but I guess, but, but I guess it is a fantasy also. Right. So Piggy, Piggy, I guess, does Piggy know Big Bird? I don't know. She made fun of him on the Muppet Show that one time. I, <laughs> you know, I, I guess she does. Or or she's, it's just like a subconscious thing where she, she's familiar enough with him to just kind of plant him in her and fantasy. You actually get, and then you actually get Fozzie with a teddy bear yeah but but i was thinking about that but like my daughter has a ton of human dolls you know like that's not unusual <laughs> right you know yeah and i think Fozzie have a hat though <laughs> <laughs> that's true. i think fozzy had a teddy bear when he was leaving town uh during, did, during yeah. saying goodbye yeah on that, that on train. train yeah yeah uh so that's that's a nice yeah, there's a callback. there's a lot going, I was, i'm just i'm just looking through this again watching there's a lot going on i mean you, I'm, you're on the scene at about uh 149 where you've got scooter in the foreground and then gonzo just going nuts on the rings in the background yeah that's fun there's that little swing set in the nursery yeah there's just there's a lot going on in this. yeah at one point it looks like piggy is swinging on the swing and then she jumps off and kind of dances to the foreground which I, i'm sure that's just sort of a trick of of the editing where they they just started with piggy right in front of the swing so our our brains sort of fill it in and we assume that she's just been swinging on it i'm slowing it down looking at it and she does start off on the swing but you could do that with your arm in front of it and right the hands are probably just attached and they just pop them off but yeah, yeah. that's a really great effect yeah but but still yeah, like very, you say they have to make great. sure that we can't see the the sleeve or the puppeteer's arm well, fortunately, the director of this movie, I think, had an idea or two about how the Muppets work. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he'd been at it a while. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Ralph sings the line uh, the second time about a doctor with, the, what is it, a doctor for diseases, a doctor of diseases? A doctor with diseases, with diseases. I believe. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he has a stethoscope, which could be yes. a reference to Dr. Bob on Veterinarian's Hospital. Ah, that's true. Oh, that's, true. That, yeah. that's true. He even has the thing on his head. Right, the yeah. Scope, the yeah. light scope. The... Yeah, so I'd like to believe that. <laughs> sure, I didn't think about that. That's, that's, a, that's a good a good, good poll there. Yeah, it hadn't occurred to me until this time watching it. And again, you've got Gonzo going crazy on the ring, so he's clearly doing the Daredevil stunts. Even right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Wow, they put so much thought into this. Or we and... are putting <laughs> and... so much thought into it ourselves. And Scooter is there also. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scooter. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you could translate his his Scooter saying twenty seconds to poo poo time, right? Something like that. <laughs> well, on on the cartoon, they had to just like he was the computer expert. For he, was some just, he was just like a he was just like a yeah. nerd. Yeah. They were like Scooter. Scooter wears glasses. Right. He must be a nerd. He must be. <laughs> you know, so it was interesting. So when I was watching the you know the video he showed on uh, one of the three daytime talk shows. Um, there's a lot of them sitting watching the TV with the moment from the movie on it. And that's actually kind of the setup of the cartoon. Remember they would sit and they would watch the TV and there was live action on the TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which is one of the reasons why the cartoon is not available anywhere because they (laughs) licensed all that footage and now they don't have the rights to it. I love that Jim Henson's attitude was ask for forgiveness rather than Sure, yeah. Is that so? I, I guess I don't know for sure if, if this is the case. Was a lot of that footage taken without getting any kind of rights or permission? 
I, I don't actually know that. I know the I know the Star Wars one, which is the most problematic, was one where he's like, George and I are friends. It's cool. Right. Huh. Yeah. Um, but, although, but I, I don't think, know about you think the that that, You'd think that that wouldn't be an issue now, you know? I mean, I, yeah, I, Disney should I, have no problem. They own it all. Yeah. They run the table. Yeah. Right, right. But um, speaking of Muppet Babies, the cartoon, and, and actually also the 2018 Muppet Babies cartoon, we see Fozzie sitting in the bay window here, that, that like octagonal bay window yeah which has been a constant it's in the the classic mother babies and the new one it's like the focal point of the nursery always from from here on out you know ah so yeah so that's fun yeah and i like that they they brought it into the cartoon there's just something i don't know it just kind of centers the whole nursery somehow to know where that right. window is yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good design. Uh, there is a character who was on the cartoon who does not appear in this sequence, and that is Animal Summer Penguin. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes. There's no Summer Penguin. There's sure, also no Skeeter here, but there's no Real Animal, gosh. even though Animal is in this movie elsewhere. Yeah, right. Was well, it Do- was Doctor Teeth ever a baby? I don't know. I don't think so there was like a preteen version of janice on the show but i don't think dr <laughs> yeah, teeth for ever was sure. yeah janice was on there and dr teeth weirdly in the in the new se- in the muppet babies 2018 show i think i've maybe even talked about this on the podcast before but there's an episode where animal is practicing his drums and then the lead singer of his favorite band dr teeth and the electric mayhem calls uh-huh. him and offers him to be the drummer of the band Dr. Teeth is a puppet performed by Bill Beretta on a TV screen yeah. in that episode. It's hmm. not a cartoon Dr. Teeth. It's, and it's just like... It's really um, happening within the world of, of Muppet no, Babies? It's, it's part of Animal's dream. Sequence. It's his dream. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whew. And then, and then, but even within that, though, he's like, Animal not ready yet. And then he like practices his drums more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't try to wrap your head around uh, any kind of Muppet continuity. <laughs> A lot, a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I do find interesting, uh, I've mentioned a couple times on this uh, season, the Marvel Comics adaptation of this movie. There is a baby animal depicted in that. So oh, maybe that's, that's he was correct. part of the original plan and they decided not to include him in this. Maybe they thought there were too many babies already. But when they did the cartoon, they thought he was worth uh, throwing in there. Right. Although... Yeah, um, but- no, go go ahead, Brian. I was just gonna say the cart yeah, and the cartoon that was on back in the eighties. I mean, they really handed the creative reins on that over to Mike Freth. Um, so I I could imagine him kind of going nuts with uh, you know, bring, <laughs> trying to get as many of them into the baby sequence as he could on the line. Right, sure, yeah. right, yeah, as many as was uh, feasible, I guess. Right, yeah. I mean, he was just gone gone nuts on this. Yeah, you know, Frith is so interesting. Like he's one. He had the Muppet Baby Bible. He did the Fraggle Bible. Like Frith was Frith was the world builder, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna say though about Baby Animal. The next time that we see the Muppet Babies in live action is in Muppet Family Christmas, and they must have built Animal for that. Yeah. Because he's 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 not only very prominent. He's like the main gag of that scene is that Animal breaks the piano and then adult animal breaks the screen that they were watching the old home movies. on. Right. And by that point, he was the breakout star of the cartoon. So I think they probably just felt like they had to include him. You know, it's fascinating to me that, you know, we're watching the segment and it's like, how can you not absolutely fall in love with the Muppet babies? But 
this was all it almost surprised Jim that this was the hit was the piece of, of the movie. I mean, when it came time for merchandising, this was the one that everybody grabbed a hold of and like, yeah, we want to market, you know, diapers under this and, th- you know, sure. it, well, I mean, like, like we said, they're adorable, but also like the rest of these, I mean, the characters as adults have been around for eight years at this point. Right. Right. And have been merchandised like crazy. So I, so I get it that it's like, well, what's new? Look at this. It's Kermit the Frog and he's a baby, you know? But I I think it just, I think it surprised him what, and you can ask Frith about this. He would know what a juggernaut this became. Cause Mm. I don't, I don't know that they expected this little two minute dream sequence to, you know, become its own franchise uh, so quickly and so successfully, you know, I mean, I was, I was going back and I was, uh, looking at the history of the, of the cartoon and it was uh, what it won the Emmy its first four years of its seven year run. I oh, mean, wow. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Sure. Now it, it did get beat in the ratings, but Pee Wee Herman beat it almost every week in the ratings, but it did win uh-huh. the Emmy uh, four years running. So, I mean, it was like right out of the box. It was, it was huge. Huh. Uh, oh, yeah, the, I mean, I, I certainly adored it as a small child. You just mean like the overall Saturday morning ratings, I guess. Cause weren't they both on yes. CBS? Um, yeah, I, were they? They were. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it finished. Yeah, Pee Wee's ratings were higher. Yeah, I see. I, I, yeah, because I was just going to say, I feel like I was watching both of those shows at the time. I don't know how I could have made the choice. <laughs> like, if I had to choose between Pee Wee on one channel and Muppets on the other, it would have been tough. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do have some stuff about the the origins of this sequence, um, which maybe uh, Brian, you can add to with um, anything that you might know. Um, this is from a couple entries on the Jim Henson Company's Red Book blog. Uh, it said, The idea of baby versions of the characters had started to percolate a couple of years earlier in the Henson Art Department. Illustrator Sue Venning was working on a mini book called The Muppet Showbill, and as Michael Frith described, Jim suggested, wouldn't it be great in that tiny little book to have tiny little pictures of the Muppets as their tiny little selves, in other words, as babies? It was too late to change the book, but everyone found the idea to be charming, um, so basically they started to, uh, like sort of make drawings and sketches of what the babies would look like. Uh, it says eventually they asked the workshop to try making some models and then puppets with the, which the performers further developed as characters. Everyone fell in love with them and it seemed like a given that they should be incorporated into the movie. Well, see, that'll be, that'll be a good one to talk to, to Mike Frith about because, um, when I asked Frank about, and Sinatra told me not to name drag, but I'll call him Frank. Um, so when, when, when Frank Oz, when, when, when Frank said, when I asked him about Muppets Take Manhattan in the script, because Oz had some hands on the script and, and the script was not written by Frith. And I said, where did the Muppet babies come from? And he, his answer was like, well, who knows where these things come from? Like he couldn't remember. I think Mike Frith would, would tell you he knows darn well where it came from. Um, so I, I think it'd be interesting to to get sort of the secret origins uh, version of that from Mike Frith. Yeah, it does seem like Oz, Oz couldn't Oz couldn't remember. In a creative, collaborative environment, sometimes it's hard to track like exactly who had the idea first. Like right. you, you could say, right. wouldn't it be funny to see them as babies? But is that the same right. thing as creating them, or is it the person who draws the pictures of them who created them? Right, and and so. and you know, you could probably draw a straight line from you know the background you were giving there too. But that. I, that's definitely a question you should ask Mike for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so there was a ton of merchandise uh, with the Muppet Babies on them. Uh, that's, that's the famous story about them suggesting diapers and Jim asking, are you going to let kids on my name? Um, <laughs> Whoa. But, but, then, but then went ahead and, and inked the deal to permit Muppet Babies diapers. Hmm. The, the, the diapers probably didn't have the 
the name Jim Henson on the on the actual diapers, right? Maybe on the box. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe on the box. Maybe there was a tag in the back that said the Jim Henson. Right, right. Uh, according to a UPI story on May 9th, 1984, the merchandise was sold uh, to licensors with the tagline, you'll love them as adults, you'll adore them as babies. So that's cute. Uh, and then, <laughs> Really? I don't know. That strikes me as not a, that's a whole lot of effort going into that. No, it's not right, especially right, creative. Right. Well, it, <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of in the early 90s when every VHS cover for a kid's movie said, if you like Home Alone, you'll love Blank Check. Oh, sure. Or if you like God. Home Alone, you'll love Three Ninjas. Richie Rich. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the, th- the other thing that the, the firestorm that Muppet Babies created that, that is uh, unforgivable but not their fault is every Saturday morning TV show then immediately launched Scooby-Doo Kids and Flintstone Kids oh, yeah. and Jetson Kids and you know, <laughs> right. uh, everybody my, is my, everybody is kids. My my favorite of which, ironically, but and but by which I mean I only like it ironically because it was terrible. Was Yo Yogi? Me too. A cartoon I, about, about Yogi Bear and the whole Hanna Barbera <laughs> gang hanging out at the mall. Oh boy! And that one took a while though. Like, there were several of yeah, them. It was like ninety one, ninety two. It was. Yeah. It was, I, oh wow! I think it like, was late to the game. The little Archie, and actually, little Archies. Did though that might have existed? Did that? Yeah, that's from, that, that that's came out of the sixties. Yeah, comic book form. Right, yeah. but yeah. then they got a Saturday morning show after Muppet Babies came out. Right? Did they? I think they did. I don't think so. Oh well, someone can correct me on Facebook if I'm wrong. But yeah. uh, and then yeah, Flintstone Kids for sure. But yeah, Yo Yogi seemed like it was a little bit delayed. Like. Muppet Babies had been on the air for several seasons before that one came yeah, out. And pup, pup named Scooby-Doo, all that nonsense. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll actually go to bat for a pup named Scooby-Doo. I think it's, I think it's one of the better Scooby-Doo shows. It had, it, it had a very, <laughs> it had a very like, like self-aware, like meta attitude nah, to get it. Out that of I, here, that I, get that out of here, <laughs> There was also a merchandise line of Sesame Babies. And, well, and then Sesame Beginnings videos later. Yeah, much later, but yeah, <laughs> I think the, I think right. I think Sesame okay. Babies was more of a direct response to Muppet Babies, also, where it was like, "Wouldn't you like a, a plush doll of Cookie Monster as a baby?" There was a great cartoon in Comic Buyer's Guide by I believe it was by our Muppet loving friend Chris Migliano, uh, where it was like, "If you love the Muppet Babies, you'll love Watch Kids," and it was like all the Watchmen characters <laughs> as kids. So. Yeah. Wow. yeah, awesome. That's great. Yeah, I'm sure there are other examples that we haven't even come up with that i'm sure people can remind us about uh another thing about the merchandise this was on another jim's red book blog entry as a selling tool henson licensing executives isabel miller and betts fitzgerald dressed up as english nannies pushing prams and filmed a promotional video in central park that sounds very interesting and i would like very much to see that yeah that sounds wild it does yeah so if we can get our hands on it, sounds, that. it actually it sounds very British too in a way. I think you know Jim's five years in London. I think we're- yes, there's the influence right. there. I'm sure nannies and prams. Yes, exactly. Like the opening of Mary Poppins. <laughs> right. Uh, one thing that didn't happen though, uh, there's yet another entry on the Red Book blog. Uh, Guy Gilchrist, the artist who did the Muppets newspaper comic strip, pitched yeah. a Muppet baby strip to Jim Henson. It, like he came up with about 20 samples of what it might look like, uh, but it did not get the go ahead. So that never got made. You can actually see a couple of those on that uh, blog entry, which I can link to in the show notes. Uh, but as uh, so, yeah, there was this comic book adaptation of the movie and then the Muppet babies did get a comic book series from Marvel comics for a couple of years. So 
Hmm. They uh, they continue to live on in that way. Yeah, so, and then the music video, I have some more notes that I'll save for next week. So that's pretty much all I have as far as specific notes about uh, this sequence. Uh, any other final thoughts? Brian, I will start with you. Uh, no, again, my, my fascination with the Muppet Babies is mainly just what a, what a huge uh, financial success it became for the Henson Company. Every, every you know, f- five years, they seemed to hit on something that just, just gave them, again, um, you know, the income that they needed to keep doing creative stuff. So it's one of those things where people, people often say, you know, complain about merchandising and marketing for the Henson company, which people forget was the small independent company working out of a brownstone. Right. Um, this was their lifeblood. And so something like Muppet Babies, people, you know, people might say later, oh my God, it was over market and so on. That's, you know, that's what was keeping the lights on it at Henson Associates and let, letting Jim go out and do things like, labyrinth and you know and keep investing and keep working because he didn't have to worry about about the overhead quite as much so so i just i love that that's why i was saying earlier i I think it even surprised him sure Um, i don't know if when he was doing his long-term budget he was writing and then the success of the muppet babies will carry us through 1987 yeah um it was just just a huge 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 project i mean a huge um huge fiscal juggernaut for them and you know what more power to them it was uh you know jim jim's always got that that mentality of he's not going to let junk out there he had to personally approve everything right so even if you felt the market was saturated it was never saturated with junk yeah right yeah i mean i had some muppet babies merchandise at the time it was all good uh and i yeah i like the idea that you know my muppet babies toothbrush helped uh keep the company going and helped jim work on all kinds of crazy ideas like you know various things that he had in development that never even got made like the star boppers oh man i want to see star boppers so bad my, my toothbrush the sale the sale of my toothbrush helped uh, make you know help give him the money to make the star boppers <laughs> presentation pilot or the jim henson hour Boy. or whatever yeah I, it's funny yeah i was expecting you to say the storyteller but instead you went star boppers incredible secret life of toys secret life of toys yeah, yeah. anthony any final thoughts yes we see Scooter's belly button in this, and it freaks me yes. out. Yes, we do. Oh, does he actually, actually have a, a belly button? Yeah, laying on the floor. You can see everyone else is covered up. Scooter has a very clearly visible belly button, and I, I question why that was why that was like, <laughs> what, what design decision. Yeah, forty nine seconds. Forty nine seconds in the video that we were looking at. Yeah. Wow. Huh. It just seems it just seems <laughs> unnecessary to me, and it raises questions that I don't I don't want to know the answers to. Well, I mean, Scooter is a mammal, right? I suppose he is. I he, suppose he I suppose Scooter cord. is a mammal. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that Piggy still has purple gloves even as a baby. Even as a baby, oh, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. She's been wearing those gloves her whole life. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah, I remember what I was going to say a minute ago. The as far as the Muppet shows, I mean, as far as Muppet Babies' uh, success, seven or eight seasons is a long time on Saturday morning. Like most of the shows that I watched as a kid, like it, it was great if they got two seasons, maybe three. But yeah, that show just kept going and going. So it, obviously, it was it was huge. Yeah, that's one that you know when I was when I was after the Jim Henson bio came out, I was talking with. Uh, might have been Arthur Novell over in the Henson Legacy, and he said something really cool, which is he said um, that everybody kind of gets their version of the Muppets. And my editor, who was God, I don't know, 15, almost maybe twenty years ago, and I was like, he was raised on Muppet Babies. 
Like when when you sure, said yeah. as soon as you say Muppets, he was like Muppet Babies, and I was like, well, I was in college with Muppet Babies, but it's, so it's like, but my experience was very different. I was like Muppet Show kid and Sesame Street kid. Yeah, but it's like the Muppet Babies. There were some people that was like their gateway drug to the Muppets was the Muppet yeah, Babies. That was that was definitely true for me to some extent. You know, I was yeah. I was born in 1984, same year that this movie came out, and like. I, when I grew up, it was all the same. You know, the Muppet Babies on Saturday mornings and right. yeah. watching this movie taped off Disney Channel or whatever. Those those are equal, you know? Yeah. That was actually a source of frustration for me as a kid when Muppet Babies was, like, the main Muppet thing that any of my peers knew about. So I would mention the Muppets, and they would be like, oh, yeah, Muppet Babies. And I'd be like, well, okay, Muppet yeah, babies. but there's also there's this great show, and there's these movies that those are the Muppets. It's not the same as the cartoon, but it kind of is, but it's not. But yeah. And yeah. I, I'm Although, still frustrated by people not knowing <laughs> who the Muppets are today. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say, Anthony? No, just uh, that's another one of those things that like might be that, that four year age difference between you and me, right? Oh, yeah. Where, where, where like my whole peer group were just like, yeah, Muppet Babies is great because we're in preschool. Right. <laughs> or right. whatever, you know? Yeah, look at like, um, it was the one you know. I mean, I you know I've got it makes almost twenty years on you, so I was Sesame Street Generation One. So like to yeah. me, right, the Muppets yeah. was like Kermit the Frog was, was Ernie and Bert. Uh, sure, because yeah. I, I remember what I remember even when the Muppet Show first came on the air. I mean, it's so hard to believe there was a time when you sat down for the Muppet Show and you were like, "Who are all these characters?" Right, I don't know who any of these are. Um, I still remember watching that, and that's why Jim's instincts, I think, were right in the first episodes. He's got like you know special appearance by Ernie and Bert. <laughs> it's like to like yeah. orient us. But it was like, I mean, it's, I know it's hard to believe, but I remember sitting there and you're like, Fozzie Bear, like, who are these guys? Right. You, you, you wanted to see Grover and Cookie Monster. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's still a lot of people who can't tell them apart every time. Every time the Muppets or Sesame Street come up in the news, it's like, why isn't the count in this new, you know, right. Muppet series with Fozzie Bear? Yeah, those best friends. Those yeah, old buddies. Exactly. The count and Fozzie Bear. <laughs> yeah. I would actually... I would actually pay to see a buddy movie with Fozzie and the Count driving across country. That could be sure. fun. Could uh, be fun. Yeah, or, or maybe they're or maybe they're cops. That would be even better. It <laughs> would be fun to see Fozzie playing the straight man to the Count, which I think is the way that would have to go. <laughs> exactly. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Let's pitch it. Fozzie and the Count. <laughs> look! Look! We all know that Eric Jacobson and Matt Vogel work well together. Absolutely. All right. They can do it. Yeah. They can, they can make it happen. Yeah. Let's see it. All right. Well, uh, if there is nothing else, we can wrap things up. No, wait, no, we can't wrap things up. Brian, uh, we like to ask our guests, do you remember uh, the first time you saw this movie? What is your history with it? If you are able to, how would you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies? So I saw this one in the theater in 1984. I was a junior in high school. Um, so I, I saw this in the theater. This is actually my favorite of the Henson era movie of the three. Um, this is my hmm. favorite of them. Um, I think it's the funniest one. Um, I think, you know, because you've got, you've, you've got Oz at the helm and Oz understands that character drives scenario instead of scenario driving the character. Hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, Oz, Oz is very particular about character and, very angry. <laughs> he talks about, about it. You know, not yeah. getting the character. He talks about, about it not a lot. getting character right. Yeah, and so I, I, I really think you can see his, even though again the script isn't necessarily by him, but I think you can really see his hand on the wheel in this one. 
um, for that real focus on character. And and I again, I think a lot of this is is very laugh out loud, funny, and very clever. The, the whole sequence with Kermit as losing his memory as the ad man is I, just one of my absolute favorite sequences of all the movies. <laughs> um, I just I just think th- I, this is my favorite of the three. I just I just think it's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so with that, then we will wrap things up for this week. Everyone, please make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all those things. Thanks to Morgan Davey for our logo. Thanks to Stacy Rosen for our theme music. And uh, if anyone out there has any thoughts on I'm going to always love you or anything else, feel free to email us at moving right along at toughpigs.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe. Brian, where can people find you or your work on the internet? Uh, you can always find me running my mouth on Twitter at Brian J. Jones, spell out my middle name. Uh, you can also find lots of information about my books at brianjjones.com, spell out my middle name. If you don't, you get 300 pages of the dead Rolling Stone. So uh, that's <laughs> primarily where you can that's primarily where you can find me. And I'm always I always love uh, you know following Muppet threads and reading what people have to say. And it's it's a it's a fun time right now to be a Muppet fan. Yeah, you're really good at sort of seizing on. I've, I've noticed on Twitter when when the Muppets are sort of in the news or trending, uh, uh, sort of coming up with a really good informative thread to to kind of let people know uh, what they're talking <laughs> and, and about. So, and then it's, and then it's so funny. I'll, I'll do a throwaway. I was still, I was still on my laying on my back in bed the other day when I <laughs> tweeted out the thing about, you know, are you wondering if you're curious, like why the Muppet Show might, might have been canceled? It actually wasn't. Jim took it off the air. I think I had like five thousand likes on it. Oh yeah, it was, that, you know, like I said, I haven't gotten out happens. of bed yet. Yeah, on yeah, I was stunned by that. Yeah, but it That's was great. it was good and it was very interesting and informative. And it was and it was neat to see Wilkins Coffee trending. I mean, who would have ever thought that? Oh, somebody, re- Wilkins tweet, back? somebody retweeted. Yeah, somebody tweeted out, um, you know, a, a link to the YouTube of the, the Wilkins reel and was like, you know, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And that happens about, as you know, Ryan, that happens about what every six months. Yeah, somebody like, rediscovers yeah. somebody rediscovers the Wilkins reel and circulates that. Right. Yeah, but, but I mean, it holds up, you know, like oh, absolutely. Oh God, yeah. I, I remember showing it to my nephew and nieces, who are all you know teens and tweens, and they all loved it. I mean, it was just yeah, it was they're, just a hit. They're so funny. It, it's also funny though that every time it's like. These the, these old Jim Henson Muppet coffee commercials have resurfaced after decades, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, but they've yeah. been on YouTube for you know fifteen years. But like, and you run into the and you run into the boy Kermit sure looked different back uh, then. Yeah, right, right. You have to play. You have to play that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, Ryan wrote a song about that one time. Did you, did you I, really well, I, I wrote an article on Tough Pigs, which I will link to in the show notes, uh, called Reminder, Kermit is not a homicidal coffee salesman. Just sort of, <laughs> you know, good. comparing the two and like, look, they don't really even look that much alike. They're just uh, puppets that are both performed by Jim Henson. And then, yeah, I don't even remember. It was a song. It was to the tune of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Uh, to the tune of the alphabet song. Can I sing it? Can I sing it? Yes. All right, so this is written by Ryan Rowe, but I'm I'm performing it. The melody is traditional. Kermit <laughs> is a nice green gent atop his head are eyes that squint. Wilkins' eyes are on the front of his head. If you don't drink his coffee, you'll soon be dead. Kermit's also <laughs> two years older and far less likely to crush you with a boulder. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is all you need to know about it. So, copyright uh, right. Ryan Rowe. Yes, 2018. Yes, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> all right, I think that just about does it. Everyone should follow uh, Brian on Twitter 
And also uh, tell all your friends about this show. Give us a positive review if you can. And join us back again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs>